モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever.
I'm amazed I can still talk because I just every day I'm I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm working it out. I'm getting there, <laughs> and in June I won't have class anymore, so at least that will be done. Is, so. is your new job exciting? Um, <laughs> I, I I don't. And I am not in any way ripping on the company I work for. I would not say it's exciting, but I, I really like it, and I really like the people I work with. Um, no, there there are nice jobs that are not exciting whatsoever. You know, it's well, okay. So uh, I, I don't know why I'm being so cagey. I don't really. I, I think it's because I haven't really, you know, I haven't put on LinkedIn where I'm working yet. I kind of don't want. Uh, some people to know that I'm no longer freelancing because I'm worried that they won't hire me anymore. So um, uh, anyway, so I'm writing and I'm writing a lot and I'm learning a lot. So I like that. I like that it's every day I learn something new and I write about, I write more than I ever thought I was Oh, your job is writing? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. But I like it. It's just... I don't know. I don't know what to say. So it's been cool. And I'm amazed that I still want to write when I come home because yes. I never wrote this much as a freelancer. I, you know, I think after the first day when they told me how much they were expecting me to write, I think I came home and I told my husband, I was like, well, that isn't going to happen. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen to me, but I'm not just not going to be able to do that. And I've been able to do it. So yay me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it doesn't mean I'm not going to, like, hound you on what you're doing, but that is kind of the thing is, I think it depends on, like, what kind of writing you're doing. I know, like, on my side, you know, with writing reviews and, and news and previews and stuff like that, there's just a certain point where you feel like, you know, you've written everything you can write, <laughs> and you just don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And that, it just, like, you, I just get to a point where I just hate writing so much. Oh, but. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm actually still pretty. I'm still enjoying it. I don't know how. I mean, actually, most you're, of the you're, time you're still you're still young. You know. You're <laughs> well, it's not and like I wasn't writing before. I was writing yeah. all the time. It's just you lose hope for, for your life, <laughs> like I have. So <laughs> maybe I don't think yeah. so. But anyway, I'm I'm making it work, and I'm trying to play games. Actually, one great thing about this is that I'm commuting for the first time in my life, like on a bus. Uh, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour every day each way. Um, so I'm, you know, I bring my 3DS every day and I get street passes and I play games. And so that's, it's a good way to like get an hour or two in every day at the least. Yeah. 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 That's why Japan loves their handheld games. <laughs> Although sadly, it's, it's still sad. I mean, there still aren't that many, even in Seattle, there aren't that many 3DSs you know, between where I live and downtown, it's kind of depressing. I get like maybe three or four a day if I'm lucky. Um, if I go, when I go to class, I get the full 10 maybe. But, <laughs> you know, everybody's on their phone. Nobody wants to bring their 3DS. Boo. Stupid people. <laughs> Phones. Taking Nintendo's money from them. Yeah, well, they'll get it someday, won't they? Some of yep. it. Um, anything else exciting? No, that's it. No, that's that's it. Okay. And hmm. what's up with your life? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember that far back what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, I guess it's as good a time of any to mention. I don't believe that I was working on this when we last podcasted, but I'm translating a game, and that's been announced. So I'm allowed to talk about it finally. 
That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's not the first game I've translated. I've done a few small apps and things、um, freelance, but they weren't very exciting. You know, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about those ones. But this one's cool, so <laughs> I, I'm excited to talk about it. I guess I should talk about it. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, are you, are you, are you talking about it? How excited you are!、Uh, okay, well, it's called. Well, the English title is called "Fantastic Boyfriends: Legends of Mid Earth,"、um, and it's a iOS app. And gosh, now I think yeah, it's on Android too. I can't even remember. I'm so like I'm so out of it because I've been translating quite a bit for them, and I have a deadline for Monday, and I've just been you know. Translating twenty four seven the past couple of days, so you get a little loopy <laughs> after a while. I think looking at the text files, but so what's really cool about this game is it's by a company that is really dedicated to sort of serving the LGBTQ audience,、hmm. and this game they're kind of targeting the gay gamer demographic, and it's、um, pretty much. All male characters, and they have this sort of very bara manga aesthetic. So I guess you could kind of call it、oh, a bara game. It's, it's this kind of game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But because it's on smartphones, it's not you know super pervy or anything. There's no explicit erotic content. It's just sort of that vibe, and it's called Fantastic Boyfriends because the the hero basically has a male harem. So. <laughs> Of of warriors and of course it's the sort of generic fantasy storyline where this this person is summoned to a fantasy world and he's the only person that can save it. So everybody is you know telling him that he's the, the you know the all powerful hero and so they all follow him around and do whatever he wants and <laughs> so、uh, yeah, but it's really cute and I'm I'm enjoying working on it because it's. The kind of game that I want to see more of in English, so it's quite quite a privilege. So, okay, I I am absolutely one hundred percent supportive of like these kind of games and getting as many and as much variety of these kind of games to people. But so I have a friend who's into this style of. Male characters. What did, what did you say? Is it bara? What is it? Yeah, you know, I feel a little uncomfortable using the term bara because I know some people actually don't like that term. So sometimes、okay. you just would use gay, I guess, to differentiate that from like yaoi and bl, which is. But it's a very, but it's a very specific kind. Yeah, of yeah, like that really beefy、say. sort of. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because so I have a friend who's really into this kind of character. And for me, this is like a hundred percent opposite <laughs> of every attraction I have to characters. So it's one of those things where, like, I understand people like this, but I, I totally don't get it at all. Not one, not one single iota of me understands、Aww. this. And like I said, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because I, I, I know, gosh, people like different things, you know. But this is the hundred percent opposite of, of what kind of stuff I'm into. So. It's just it, this is always so weird to me seeing these kind of characters come. Like I just don't understand、huh. them at all. I mean, so like Brian, like are, I mean, are, I mean, not <laughs> not to get into too personal things here, but I mean, like, are are you even like I mean,、yes. like like character design wise? <laughs> I I, I mean character character design wise, like do do you got like 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 kind yeah, of yeah? Actually, I've been surprisingly open about it on Twitter lately for some reason. 
and, and Tumblr and everything. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not, uh, what am I trying to say here? You know, I'm not having like a, uh, uh, <laughs> private moments with, with, uh, these, with these images. Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, see, to me, I'm the opposite with, like, Yowie and stuff. I, I totally don't get some of that stuff, but... Or, you know, like, the really effeminate, skinny men who could be women. Um, see, I... Oh, I love that so much, yes. <laughs> yeah. I know, but see, I'm the same. I'm, like, I'm glad someone is into that. I, you know, if... I I like this kind of, like, extremely grotesque musculature and stuff. <laughs> I like that you use the term grotesque. <laughs> yeah. And then they always have like cute faces. I don't know. It is I, like I, it is such yes, it's like there's such a stereotype for these kind of characters. It's it's so <laughs> funny to me. But yeah, like like I muscle does absolutely nothing for me. Body hair, oh my God, that is just the worst thing in the entire world. <laughs> and then there's like that kind of, there's almost like they're like muscular, but they're also pudgy in a weird way. Oh yeah, I think sense. they're trying to like straddle the line between people who are into muscles and people who are into kind of heavy or just beefy guys. I, I mean, I don't quite get it either, but I think they're just trying to like get them all. Or I, I have no idea. I have no, because you don't really see uh, Japanese you know, manga anime, at least I don't, that is just full on muscle as opposed to kind of the pudgy aspect of it too. But I have no idea of the history of that or why that exists. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Here, here on the nichiest fetish <laughs> ever. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Anne, and I know this is not your wheelhouse because I know what your wheelhouse is, <laughs> but I feel like just as somebody who is is not so familiar with a lot of these kind of games um i feel like there's so little representation on the female side mm-hmm. like for lesbian games and things like that like I, I feel like there's in japan there's a way way more representation for for the gay side but not so much the the lesbian side yeah like i mean are you familiar at all with any with any kind of games out there that really focus on like the lesbian stuff i know of like one or two uh, that's about it. Hmm. I mean, because I know um, before I was kind of looking through, because uh, it shocked me how many of these kind of visual novels are now coming out in English. Hmm. Um, and there, I saw a few companies that did have patches where you could actually add in a female main character. You oh, know, to okay. kind of like a, to a dating game that typically would be the male character, and then like, you know, a gaggle of females or whatever. Um, but then you could then go back and buy like almost like DLC and add a female character in hmm. and kind of retrofit that. But I didn't see very many that were, you know, kind of from the start, the the lesbian route. Yeah, I think that's true um, for whatever reason. That it's, I think it's, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, there probably there are a lot of things going on, but that it's just not getting represented. I mean, there's manga, and I think there's a significant niche in manga, but there are barely any games. Right. I, I wonder, I mean, I've, I've kind of wondered for a while if it's a, it's a Japanese cultural thing. Like, it just, it, for some reason, the... And I know they're not the same culture, obviously, but for some reason, kind of, the focus that exists on the gay side and the focus that exists on the lesbian side seems so different. And it's almost like like lesbians are just non-existent in Japan a lot of the time. Hmm. 
So I said, I wonder if it's a, it's a cultural thing too, that just like that that side of things is just not represented and not, you know, in the spotlight at all for some reason. Yeah, I think that is true in general, like in terms of just gay activism and things like that, that the lesbians are much less visible and that's something they're working really hard on. But yeah, there's a long ways to go. Unfortunately, I can't really talk very much about it because I'm, you know, doing I know, research in the other end, I, which I, I you know, know it's not your I, I feel like I should be, you know, because I think that's a, a real shame that there isn't more of it. So maybe my next project <laughs> will be something. <laughs> so in, were you, you know, were you were you a fan of this game and then got involved in it, or was this kind of like it was totally unknown to you when you got involved in it? I had heard of it. I knew that it had come out in Japanese, and I thought, oh, that's cool. And as you know, I'm not super into that kind of bara aesthetic either. I like the the BL characters much more. Um, so I didn't personally play it at the time. But when they actually, the, the company approached me to do the, the translation, um, and yeah, so I could say, oh, I've heard of your game. <laughs> and then I downloaded mm-hmm. and tried it out. And I think it's very cute. But they seem to have have already had a bit of an English fan base that was really interested in seeing this game get translated. Because even though we're getting more of these Otome games, there really aren't that many Bada games that are getting translated, as far as I can tell. Right. Yeah. So I think there is the audience there, for sure. Oh, yeah, I think there's eyes for everything, you know. I, 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 I think it's awesome that there are more things like that's coming out. Like, it's just, it's, I mean, we always talk about this in the show. Is It's it's never ceases to shock me um, some of the games we're getting in English in, in like, a good way, yeah. you know. It, just, I'm constantly surprised. Like, wow, that's coming. And then next month, wow, that's coming, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, I love I love that this kind of stuff is happening and it's so again i don't i don't know why it's weird but it's weird to me that like mobile phones have have so helped this genre of gaming mm. in terms of getting them in english because that's like i was looking through the lot of the otome games i was looking through um they were they were like ios ios android ios android kind of stuff mm. i mean pc too but like for some reason i feel like the mobile platform has become such a a great testing ground for stuff like this to come out in English. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is cool. Indeed. And before we move on, I just have to make a plug that the game is going to need to be crowdfunded. So I'm not doing the full translation yet until they're successful in their crowdfunding. So keep an eye out for that. But I want everybody to know that it's not set in stone that the whole game is getting translated. I'm doing um, basically what's going to be a demo that will hopefully raise some interest and then they're going to try to get basically fund me so <laughs> everybody can pay to get get me to translate the game <laughs> so do you do you know, you know the time frame for that uh they said this spring so but i i think it maybe has to do with when the demo is going to be done so i would say by mid-year by july at the latest so obviously i don't think you can give spoilers but <laughs> so I'm sitting on the char- character page, look at the characters. And so you, uh, you've obviously seen some of the text and know some of these characters now. Um, who is your favorite in terms of, of text-wise? 
I know it's putting you on a spot. I like Gordon, the barkeep, the most. <laughs> he's a lot of fun to write. He's sort of the um, he's like the guild master. He so you go to him whenever you need to take on a quest or learn information about questing, and he has like this very hearty sort of style. And so I felt like I could really get into giving him his own unique voice where you know that's really hard to do with text i find that you want each character to sound unique but you don't want them to sound too weird like ye right. old englishy or something <laughs> but i thought i could give him just enough of that sort of scruffiness that he's he's fun i like him a lot and he's kind of got a sad backstory too <laughs> so it makes him sort of oh he's so sweet you know <laughs> so what do you do when a character has an osaka accent uh, it really or, depends. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I should say dialect, really. Yeah. Mm. Well, in this case, there haven't been any, so it's <laughs> been good so far. But I think it really depends if, I f- if you feel that that's really something important to their character or not. I, that would be hard. I'm not, I know some translators have even gone so far as to give them like certain English accents and things, and I'm not sure how on board I am with that. It always seems to be yeah, either Southern or like Bronx or things like yeah. that. Yeah, but does that really evoke the same sort of, I mean, no. when you hear somebody with an Osaka dialect in, in Japanese media, they're usually kind of the goofball, and they're supposed to be a bit of a humorous sort of uh, scruffy character and I don't know that those those accents gave that same feeling so I probably would not go for another accent but just choose certain types of words that I thought would convey that <laughs> interesting choice um, anything else going on? oh that's the major one <laughs> yeah um, I don't know not like I have anything big or major going on in my life <laughs> recently <laughs> at all um none of that <sighs> i don't know like everything i've had going on is like weird like personal stuff um like family issues and then like i said my totally non-exciting and non at all changing life um as of late uh but i did you know i did i wanted it instead uh to use my time to switch this from being the nichiest fetish podcast ever to the nichiest food podcast ever <laughs> because now this stuff is exciting to me um taco bell is in japan and i believe taco bell was in japan before and so making correct me if they want to but i do believe wait maybe it was burger king because i know that there's been some fast food places that have kind of tried to, to break into japan and failed but the Taco Bell recently opened up in Tokyo. Now, have have both of you at some point in your lives been to a Taco Bell? <laughs> yes. Just a I couple have. times. Okay. So what off memory or just off your expectation and, and, and you're not allowed to use weird Australian bucks. You have to use, <laughs> you know, gods on American dollars. Um, what would you expect to pay for taco? Like a buck. Buck fifty, two dollars, something. What are you? Are you nuts? <laughs> like a regular taco, like a hard shell taco. Less than a dollar? I don't. Know. I mean, I don't buy the tacos, but they're cheap. They're the cheapest <laughs> thing there. Right, they are the cheapest thing there. Yes, 
And what, what would your guess be? So we're saying what I expect to pay at a Taco Bell for a taco, right? Yeah, a, reg- yes. a regular American okay. Taco Bell. A freedom-loving Taco Bell. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> yeah, I would have said maybe $2. I, I, you are both insane. I don't know what's up with you. This, this <laughs> game has already failed because I don't know what you're I think they're actually like 69 cents. <laughs> yeah, they're like 69, 79 cents. What? Really? A, a, reg- a regular... <laughs> Just a beef a regular, taco. <laughs> they, they, I will have to link you to that photo I put on my Twitter, to Anne, if you did not see it. Because if you see the tacos that they serve you, those are not worth $2. Oh. Well, see, it goes to show last time I went to a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a, a, a Taco Taco Bell is like $69.79, something like that. Less than a buck. Um, so the exact same taco in Japan is $3. Ah. And they have weird things like French fries and this kind of fancy stuff. So Taco Bell opened and the line was like two hours long. Because if you know anything about Japan, you know they love getting in line for things. (laughs) Because if something has a line, that must mean it's awesome. Because I remember when Krispy Kreme first opened in Japan, it was the (laughs) exact same thing. Their lines were insane for that place. So... I was just like, I find this kind of funny because, you know, I, when I lived in Japan, uh, when I lived in in Osaka, so I would often go to the kind of, so I lived kind of in a rural rural area and I would go to the downtown section of of Osaka called Namba. And this was where things like um, America Muda was where like you have all your fashion stores and, and things like that. You're kind of like hip stores there was Denden Town, which is kind of Osaka's version of Akihabara. There's the famous Dotonbori area and stuff like that. So I'd go, to, I'd go down there and kind of, you know, spend the day down there. And one of the things I would always do is <clears throat> I would go to Wendy's because <laughs> there was a Wendy's right next to the train station. And that was like the only Wendy's I knew of in, in Japan. I think there were a few more, but like that was the one. And then one of the special things about that Wendy's was they actually had ketchup dispensers that the customers could use. <laughs> and that was like magical to me because, you know, for anybody who's, who's gone to Japan and like, you, you know, you go to Japan, you have to try McDonald's or you have to try something like that. Um, whenever you ask for ketchup, they give you like the one singular pack of ketchup you know for your french fries and you have to be like no no look i'm i'm american you can't you know you can't give me that you have to give me like a real amount of ketchup so so like it was always exciting for me like this is the stupidest thing like but it was one of those you know when you're living in japan and like there's so much that's like foreign to you you know you sometimes seek out those kind of things that remind you of home and i knew that i could go there and i could go to that wendy's and they would have ketchup and i could just get my own ketchup and have it settled and that would be great and, and I could have my nuggets and my french fries and then I could go you know screw around um I think you know last time I went to Burger King because they had the the black hamburgers and stuff but yeah I, I'm really curious to see like how Taco Bell does in Japan because like I I've, I've I felt when I was living there like I felt like tacos would be something that you could definitely get Japanese people to enjoy but it just seemed like nobody had ever really tried it. Mm. And then when I was there for last TGS, I happened to find this little taco place, like a local place, and I went and tried it, and it was 
not good. Like you could tell they didn't know how to make tacos. Like they were trying, like their heart was in it, but they just didn't understand like how to make a good taco. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Taco Bell's going to be a good taco or anything, but um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see like how this this place does like once that crazy hype of its of its launch, yeah. you know, dies down. Dude, I, I nobody cares but me. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm fast. I'm fascinated by fast food in Japan for some reason. Well, you know what? Uh, so one interesting thing I think about it is that, like the the few things I saw about it online or on Twitter, kind of seemed to be making fun of it. Like, oh, how stupid is that? But in my mind, I'm like, why is it any different than like say that I don't know what uh, the like most loved Japanese. Uh, the equivalent of a McDonald's would be if there is such a fast food restaurant, um, you know, opened in New York and everybody was like, this is Japan's favorite fast food restaurant. People would line up for it here too. So I don't know. It's tough. Like, I mean, I I don't, I think the problem is um, because America has so many cultures, I think we've been exposed to so many things already. Yeah. Where the, you know, where the country like Japan since they're so Japanese, like, I mean, of course, um, <laughs> you know, like those outside things like, oh, tacos, that, 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 yeah. that could be an exciting event, you know, whereas I think we've seen it all at a certain point. But even then, I mean, like you said earlier, we have ex- examples like Krispy Kreme when, you know, I don't know, you have similar examples to things opening here that maybe have questionable quality, but we still jump all over. Right, just because they're new in our area, or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I can understand it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's fads, and I think it is an exciting thing. You know, I mean, for them, like I said, I I made it was it was so funny because I made um, tacos for my wife's family. I, I I I went back to Japan, and in my luggage, I took like a can of refried beans. You know, I took like taco seasoning i took taco shells like i took all this stuff back to make tacos <laughs> um and it was like so exciting to me because like i'm bringing tacos to japan you know <laughs> like i'm i'm uh what's his name commodore perry like back in the day or something like that you know and uh so i make this for and i felt so horrible so i make this big like I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm, I'm not like authentic Mexican food, but I make this big like Mexican meal, right? You know, tacos and beans and rice and all this kind of stuff. I make this for her family, and then like we're getting into the meal, and then I notice that her mom is like cooking food, and I'm like, why is her mom like cooking food? I don't understand. And I guess um, my wife's father and then her her nephew, uh, they both it was too spicy for them. Oh. So, so she made them like traditional Japanese <laughs> food. And I, and I was just like, Oh, you, you jerks try my food. You know? but, um, so I felt bad for her to happen to make that. And then it was just like my, my big experiment to bring Japan tacos failed. Huh. But hopefully this won't fail. You know? we'll see. But it's like ta- Taco Bell, you know, that's, it's not the exciting way for it to happen, but <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, should we well, get to, what? I mean, Japan has Taco Bell before Australia, so that's How, you guys don't have something. Taco Bell. No. Oh. Wow. <laughs> you say that with, yeah. with some sorrow, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, I wouldn't mind. 
See, I, I like I used... Taco Bell, so I, I'm not ripping on you for liking it. Ah, and it's funny like because it. Taco Bell in Japan has Coca-Cola. Did you, didn't so if anybody noticed that. Because, of course, Taco Bell is a Pepsi company. Oh. oh. And yet they have Coke in Japan. Is that because Japan hates Pepsi or what? Well, Japan hates Pepsi, but I also, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about this and I, I don't, I don't know if they actually even have oh. um, Pepsi like uh, fountain distribution over hmm. there. I mean, I know you can go to some places and find it in bottles and cans and stuff, but I actually, I wonder, I, I wonder if they don't, if they don't have you know, distribution fountain wise. Hmm. So I'm not sure. Um, but I, I know I'm boring everybody with my <laughs> weird fascination with fast food in Japan. So we're going to get into the news. And our news today is going to be very heavy in terms of announcements because there's been a lot of announcements and there's a lot of things that we really want to pick up on and let you know are coming in case you might have missed them. And the last minute, so we had this big list made and the last minute I realized we'd forgotten something major. Uh-oh. So... Uh, the first thing we're going to start off with, I guess, is Fatal Frame 4 is coming over. Oh. For the Wii U. I feel like I saw that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's very exciting to me. Oh, it is. No, I'm just saying. Oh, that's great. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> when is it? Do we know when it's coming out? We, we know it's this year. I'm going to guess right before Halloween, knowing Nintendo of America, even if it's ready right now, they will hold it until Halloween. I'm telling you. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's, it's, is it five? Is it five that's coming over? Oh. It's five. Oh. We lost the ice cream up. So the, the problem is because we didn't get four. So that, because four was the Wii one. Yeah. Because, mm, because uh, one, two, and three were PS2. Four was Wii and then five is Wii U. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you know, Brian, I, I kind of think you're right. It's probably going to be like a Halloween thing because synergy, you know, yeah. marketing synergy kind of thing. So, Will either of you be buying it? <sighs> I, have to, I have to buy a Wii U. Oh, I thought you had a Wii U. Oh. No, I don't have a Wii U. I thought we had talked about oh. this. See, <laughs> maybe you were just saying you wanted one or maybe you yeah. use your work one. <laughs> yeah, I... It's getting it's getting to the point where, because I, mean, I still really want Bayonetta, and I own a Wii U game oh. right now, and in two days I will own an Amiibo, <laughs> but I have no Wii U. At least you can eventually use that on your 3DS, or new 3DS or whatever the Amiibo. No, no, I'm not gonna. Have, I'm not buying one of those stupid 3DSs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, because the problem is like if I think. Okay, if if I really, really, really like Splatoon, I think that's going to be where mm. I have to make a decision. Because if there's that, if there's Bayonetta, so the game I own is Mario Kart Eight. If I have Mario Kart Eight, um, if Fatal Frame Four is coming out, there's there's finally might be enough games for me to have one. Oh man, see, like there, to me, there's actually too many. I'm just so busy with the 3DS and the Vita and the PSP and the DS that. I'm like, yeah, I could buy a Wii U, but then I would have to buy 10 games for it, and I wouldn't be able to buy any more Vita <laughs> games, and then I'd still just have this backlog. And So even though I want one, I just can't do it. And more and more games come out. I don't know. 
I have kind of like a sick fascination with Splatoon, actually, which is weird because I hate FPS games, but it looks so cute. It's it, yeah. now. You are showing your your nichiness here, Brian. <laughs> what? It's not a it's not an FPS game. Uh oh. It's a TPS, third person shooter, not a first person. Okay, shooter. whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's sad every time I see screenshots of the game, I'm like, I wish this was coming out for 3DS, which it's I adorable. know is sad, but I'm like, I want to play it. <laughs> well, no, that's that's it. That's that's the that's the me boy I ordered. I ordered the oh, the girl inkling. There you go. Oh, she's I like did so too. Cute. Yes. <laughs> So yeah. I want that game so bad. Well, so I almost kind of like you know what you know what I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. I hope the game sucks. <laughs> I hope the game sucks. I hope everybody out there suffers so that uh, I don't have to buy a Wii U. I'm gonna say I, oh, I got a Wii U. I want to play it. So I don't want it to suck. <laughs> I'm gonna say I hope it's like the best game of the year and you're forced <laughs> to buy a Wii U for it. <laughs> I actually I I will admit I actually had ordered even like the extra strength battery for the, <laughs> the game pad. I had that on order, and then I ended up canceling the order. Mm. So I was, like, getting all these Wii U things built up, you know? <laughs> so that I'd be like, okay, I finally have to get one at this point, but we'll see. Mm. I don't know. But Fatal Frame 5, I'm very excited for that, even though I have Part 3 sitting on my shelf, completely shrink-wrapped still. <laughs> I should probably play that first, but... It looks a little um it looks a little pervier than I would like it to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because weren't there dead or alive costumes in it or yeah. something? I swear, yeah. And I think Ayane is in it too, possibly. Uh yeah. So um I don't know the perviness of this next one. <laughs> Maybe Anne does. I mean I'm I'm familiar with the game, but I have not actually played it or anything. So Anne, what what else is coming? Yeah, so NIS America announced they'll be bringing over Danganronpa another episode, which is the mm. third game in the series. I picked up the Japanese version last uh, October or something, um, and I still haven't beaten it, so it's kind of, now I don't know whether I should just push through and finish the Japanese version, or I'm probably going to play the English version anyway, so it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Now, but, now, um, now, Brian, what is the genre on this game? Uh, TPS or is it not? I have no idea. Yep, I mean, I've seen screens of it, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, good. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like an it's like an action puzzler. It's not really. Hmm. I mean, there is shooting, but there are a lot of puzzle elements in it. Um, because the main character has like a, I guess it's a megaphone, and it shoots different types of rays, and you can use them to make the monokuma do different things and go places or move objects and that will help you get through the levels uh but it actually takes place in between the first and second game so theoretically you could not play danganronpa 2 but you would be missing out on a lot of sort of you know connections between the games and characters so you really should probably get through the first two yeah and and, and, and one, one, one at is I'm not sure about the first girl. I know obviously the second character is definitely from the first thing on Rumpa. Is the other female character? The both characters are 
uh, yeah, technically from the first game. One of them doesn't appear in the first game, but she's mentioned. Okay, okay. I don't think it's a spoiler, but the, the main character of the first game has a sister that appears in a photo and he talks about her and this is that oh, sister. Okay. So, yeah. That makes sense. So are you... And then there are... Oh, sorry. There are characters from the second game that also appear. So... If you are familiar with them, I think it makes the game even more interesting. But as I said, I haven't played through the whole thing, so I don't really know if there are storyline connections or stuff that wouldn't make sense if you hadn't played the second game, or I don't know. But yeah, you would recognize some of the characters from the second game. Hmm. Have you enjoyed your playthroughs so far, even if you haven't beaten it? Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. I thought at first a lot of people were really wary of them going into this third-person kind of action gameplay after the first two games were very much, you know, visual novel with very little action, well, no action really. Uh, But it doesn't feel like a cop-out or anything. It feels pretty fleshed out and it's fun. Uh, If anything, maybe the action is a little bit easy, but because the games are so heavily based on the story and the you know like i much rather just get through it and kind of see the story than re- i don't really care how amazing the gameplay is i never really thought the gameplay in the other two games was amazing either so you know i don't really mind that but it's definitely fun it's just not amazing <laughs> it was i mean like it was a really weird to me at least it was a really weird direction to go, I mean, like, cause you have these two games that are so well known as being visual novels, you know, with some puzzling elements and everything, and then they go like a weird kind of actiony, shootery kind of game. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I was wondering where they were going to take the series because you know you had this trial-based format for the first two, and I didn't really know how they would be able to do that for the third game but they still could do that for the third main game it could be more that this is just a spin-off so they decided to try something different i'm not sure yeah yeah but good news they just um released sales figures and said that combined the first two games sold over two hundred thousand copies in north america and europe for the vita so that's pretty amazing <laughs> i don't know I mean, like, do you are you because i was wondering i was trying to figure out um what sales expectations were because i almost i'm trying to think because one of the examples i do have was like demon souls uh-huh i mean like wasn't demon souls expected to do maybe like fifty thousand or so like if it did that was going to be a good i oh, don't know geez. like i like i, I don't I, know <laughs> i'm never sure like you know how many copies a game like this needs to sell to be a hit yeah Oh, yeah. I don't really know either than I thought it was worth noting that that um, they actually said that they were very happy with this these sales numbers and that they were going to look more into f- publishing more visual novels because of its success, which is kind of interesting because I think Danganronpa is very unique in that just saying, oh, well, we're going to look <laughs> into more visual novels because of this. I don't know how many <laughs> visual right. novels would be as big a hit as Danganronpa, right. but... Still, uh, I think it was big enough that they were surprised or very happy with those results. But yeah, I have I don't really you know follow sales figures, so I don't know what's good for a game. I mean, two hundred thousand to me when I hear that number, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like that much. No, it doesn't think it's like it doesn't sound like much. But then I was thinking like, okay, you know, if even if we consider that a company only gets, and I don't know the exact figures, but let's say like a, a publisher, you know, only gets ten dollars from a game. 
you know, after like what they sell it to a company for versus I don't know, like I, well, let's say it's even at ten dollars, that's still like a million bucks a game. This this this, you know, Donkey Kong would have brought in, and when you figure that they really have you know what translation costs and Q and A costs, and that's that's it because they're they're not making the games, hmm. they're publishing them. So I mean, I don't think publishing can be that expensive. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, you know this for them that might be like a totally fantastic number you know where obviously like if a call of duty sold that many copies it would be de- you know dead <laughs> um but yeah so i'm i'm really i'm really really happy if 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 they're happy because i want to <laughs> see a game like this you know come over more and i loved danganronpa so i'm ecstatic if, if a game like this can can find an audience and that audience is enough that it makes it, you know, worth their while to bring over. But then again, I mean, like, you know, Hakogi, right? Hakogi came over and then they had enough reason to bring it out also on 3DS and then bring us that weird action-y PSP game and stuff, so. Yep. Yep. Good. And speaking of Otome games, Anne... Yes, me again. Yeah, speaking of Otome games, you know, I wrote a kind of, I think it was a kind of angry article about Idea Factory International. And I was saying that, you know, they've been around for a while and they've been bringing over their Neptunia games. And where are all of the Otome <sighs> games? Because they've got Otome, you know, is uh, there. I don't I don't know how this stuff works. I guess Ultimate is owned by Idea Factory. Yeah, it's I, a I think sub- so. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's like a sub brand basically is what yeah. it is. Yeah, which I by the way, so, I'm, so I'm, that's I'm, like they're sorry. No, go I'm, saying, ahead. I'm just gonna cut you off really, really quick. If any of you out there actually like the Hyperdimension Neptunia games, please write into us and explain to me why <laughs> you like them. I because yeah. I really, I legitimately want to know. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, but they keep bringing them out. There are a lot of them, so they, somebody likes them. But yeah, so I wrote this article and I was like, Idea Factory, you gotta, you gotta localize one of your Otome games, and they had a. Their first press event a couple of weeks ago, and lo and behold, <laughs> they announced that they're bringing over Amnesia Memories, which is probably one of their biggest franchises in Japan outside of Hakuoki, I think. And so that's very good news. It's a Otome game for the Vita, and they're going to be porting it to Steam, which seems really crazy to me since it does not have a PC release in Japan. So. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, Axis just came out this week, and they said, oh, hey, we're bringing out an Otome game, too. So they're they're going to be localizing Code Realize, which is another Otome game, which is kind of interesting, I guess, since IFI isn't going to be handling that one. Yeah. But they will be doing a physical version as well, which IFI is not doing for Amnesia. So. Hmm. Kind of interesting to see how that's all working out. Uh, <laughs> it's very exciting for me as an Otome fan. I'm kind of like, wow, it's raining Otome. No, I know this now. is this is so awesome. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, um, like I said, like I, we've we've been getting more and more movies over, and and I am all for it, especially physical releases. I because mm. you know with the Vita, like I really love collecting like those really bizarre niche <laughs> games physically for Vita. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's quite as niche as uh, Code Realize or Amnesia, but just today, Koei and 
co- these these companies with their joined names and remembering which ones in which order in which uh, territory. Koei Tecmo announced that we are getting the upgraded version of Deception 4, which is going to be titled The Nightmare Princess over here. Um, I I love the Deception series. It's like it's it's this kind of weird, unique little thing where you get to be the bad guy and and trap people and create these horribly elaborate systems of traps to kill, you know, soldiers and random women and children and things like that and you just get to enjoy being sadistic uh deception 4 came out i want to think i said i want to say it was 2013 at this point um it came out for the ps3 and the vita and it was one of those kind of concerns for me where you know a a series is kind of coming back and you're like okay are they going to make it you know, really cutesy, really moe. Are they going to kind of update it to be something it, it never used to be? Um, but they 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 kind of really stuck with with the the themes of the previous games, and it was a lot of fun. And so now they're doing an updated version of that. That's also going to be on the PS4. It's going to be coming out here in July. And I was trying to see what this includes because um, it has the kind of original game, and then it has a whole new character who I think maybe has her own like side story and has more traps and more situations and things like that. So if you mm-hmm. missed um, Deception 4 the first time, this might be great to get it. I I played on both PS3 and, and Vita because it had the kind of cross-save thing, which I actually ended up really liking. So I could, you know, if I wanted to just Send out the controller flag, I could play it that way. If I wanted just to just put on the Vita and play on the couch or somewhere else, I could do that. And I'm kind of curious now to see also how it comes out on the PS4. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, these games games were cool. I don't know how many people out there played them. So if you didn't check out Section 4 the first time around, maybe, you know, try it this time. So you, so. you ended up liking it in the end. I thought you kind of yeah. were wary of it. But was that before it came out? Well, I said I, I knew I was I was worried because they ha- were showing off some of the artwork for it, mm. and in the game you have these kind of three female helpers, and it's kind of um, you know you've got the the you know you know it's it's like I instantly go back to like oh my goddess or something like that you know <laughs> where you have kind of the beautiful. Uh, uh, you know, mature character and then the fiery showing her cleavage off character and then the cutesy much younger character. Like you have those three Mm. female archetypes in the game, you know? And so I was kind of worried that they were going maybe the more the anime route with the game. But like I said, it ended up, it ended up the storyline still was pretty dark and pretty brutal and you were still the bad guy. So, Mm. um, yeah, like I said, I was I so maybe when I we were talking before, I was worried before it came out about whether or not they were going to kind of screw up the formula. But it turned out to be a pretty good game. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it's like like you know, there's a lot of games I love that are in that kind of we would say seven point oh seven point five score range. Yeah, you know, where they don't get everything perfect, but they do enough interesting and fun things that they're worth playing. So. Uh, there's no segue here, 
No, I don't know how to segue between this one. So Brian just was what's <laughs> Well, there, a little segue could be that I'm sure it was news that thrilled you because I know you and I, yeah. I don't know if Anne is in the same boat, but we both, <laughs> at least Shidoshi and I really like the PSP and love that Absolutely. games are still coming out. So uh, two more Japanese games are crazily being localized for North America sometime this year or early well i mean i think we're how is this possible i think we're being told they're coming out this year i'm i'm a little wary of that myself based on what happened to previous games but the games mm-hmm. are class of heroes 3 and summon knight 2 or summon knight 5 5, five. Mm-hmm. yes i was thinking of class <laughs> of heroes 2 cuz that came out um yep. so I, I i don't even know and they could possibly be released physically it kind of depends on a poll that's going to come out soon um, if they get, I think it's going to be the same case as was with uh, Class of Heroes 2 on PSP, which, like, if they got enough people to agree to a pre order, they would release it physically. And they did. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm personally, I'm actually not interested in either game, but. I was just going to say, like, I, I wish I was, but. Mm. This, like, Summon Night 5 looks like it's going to do nothing for me. Yeah. Which is a shame because I've liked previous Summon Night games. You know, there was, like, Summon Night 1 and 2 on the Game Boy Advance, which were really cool. And then there was Summon Night, was it Twin Age or something like that on the DS that I really loved. So previous Summon Night games, like, there have been ones I've liked, but this looks kind of just like a... Yeah, like a you know, it's a strategy RPG kind of looking thing, and yeah, the graphics don't look all that good. And I actually thought the funny thing know. was I looked up, you know, I've kind of I've known about the PS One Summon Night games for a long time, and then like you said, there were some GBA releases and stuff. And to me, it, I think any of the other ones would have interested me about ten times more than this one. Right. So I feel kind of bad. Yeah. But I'm sure some, you know, I've seen people online say that they're thrilled about it, so that's great. And I would probably be interested in Class of Heroes 3, but I still haven't even opened Class of Heroes 2. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel I would feel completely ridiculous if I bought the third one. And I'm still not sure. I just bought two out of curiosity because I looked at it, I watched videos, and I was like, mm. I mean, to me it kind of looks like a lame atrian odyssey or something i mean i don't know so so i just i'm not really sure it's gonna be a game that i like so so let's add this real quick because i think we're i think we all have this problem to one degree or another um there are these weirdo little games for these nichier platforms where game comes out and we're like, oh my god, I don't know necessarily why I want this, but I want this, <laughs> you know. And then we buy it and we never play it. Like I, I have plenty of PSP games that are unopened, just because I was like, wow, this is a really crazy little game. And if I don't buy it absolutely right now, yeah. it might never exist again. Yep. You know. So we do this, and I, I think I said we, I think all three of us, you know do this where we buy these games just because it's something weird and little and either we want to support the company and and bring it over or we know we will never have a chance to get it again physically if we don't buy it right this instant like do you know what happened um uh was it ori orishika yes like over my dead body they actually made an english language 
Asian physical version of that game because in, in North America it only came out digitally mm. and they, they actually made a physical version for Asia that was totally in English but it was it was like an amiibo like it went online and right after it went online it was already sold out and now it's it's you're looking at I think like a hundred bucks or more yeah. to get it out off of eBay when when the game was like 25 bucks yep. <laughs> and that, that, that's kind of like that's that fear is is you know these these crazy things where you're like I don't know if I'm gonna like this or not but if I don't buy it right now then it might just be gone forever and I think so we do that. So like you're saying, you know, you have Summon Night 2 sitting there unplayed, but you are in the back of your mind thinking, well, should I buy Summon Night 3? <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about Class of Heroes. Although Classic, really, Classic Heroes. like to me, that's when I prefer sometimes when they only bring it out digitally because then I feel less right. of a need to buy it. It's yeah. when it comes out physically, I think some of us are just suckers for, yeah. you know, oh, but... Um, you know, if it's if I can find it, it's going to be on eBay for like five times what I would have paid for it. And do I really want to do that to myself? And or it's like you know, yeah. Anyway, I also think an interesting little side note on this: I feel for the companies who decide to localize games like this because, you know, like all of us or two of us at least, we hear these announcements and we're like, you know, I was hoping. Oh, I was. There were various games that were being um, rumored to be the ones that they were releasing and I was excited about a couple of them and then when the day comes and they announce these I was like oh right. I don't that's not what I want and they're probably like we're doing good things why can't you yeah. love what we're doing no it's that's it, you know that's always a tough thing too is <laughs> is yeah when I mean like I said God God bless them God you know all the other companies who are, who are bringing these things over um, and I think we, we can get to a, a point and I, I know absolutely I have done this before where I will say, bring these games over, bring these games over, you know, and they come over and I never buy them, <laughs> you know, like I, I am totally guilty of doing that. Um, so yeah, there, there are sometimes when I feel really bad for a company cause it's like this, you know, Gaijin works still this, this small little publisher, you know, I mean, Vic's been around forever, but, um, you know, it's awesome that he, he that, that in 2015, potentially 2016, we might still be getting physical PSP games. Yeah. I mean, that is the stupidest thing a company could do right now. Yeah. You know, so that's awesome. But it is it is hard for me to care about these particular two games. But hopefully, somebody does. So I'm sure. I'm sure if it's if they come out, if the poll comes out, I, I am willing to bet at least one, if not both, of them will get enough pre-orders to get a physical release. Yeah, I mean, because Class of Heroes 2 did, right? Yeah. So. I mean, it would be interesting then to see the digital sales. That's probably where the, it would fail, on, if you right. ask me. But, you know, if they get their money back, maybe they don't care. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you know a certain percentage of people are going to buy the physical version just because they can sit on their shelf and shrink wrap and someday right. sell it for, right. you know, double the cost or whatever. So. Um, what else do we have on our little list of things that are coming here? It's like it's Anne's turn. Oh, it's me again. Yes. Oh, I just threw this one in because, and it kind of ties into the discussion we were having yeah, earlier know. nicely. Um, I just found out about this visual novel called Starlight Vega. Vega? I'm not sure. It's a, it's a girl-girl romance visual novel. Um, and it got fully funded, so it's going to happen, which is great. They still have 21 days to go, and... 
they're over double their their goal so that's great and it's almost triple now oh wow yeah that's good so i think that kind of shows that there are people out there that are interested in this sort of thing so that's great and it's not a a japanese company as far as i can tell it says they're based in arizona so and I, <laughs> I think they're they're um english speaking in you know native english speakers i'm not sure their background or anything but so that you know that a western indie developer can do a sort of yuri style game and have an audience for it is very cool so i just wanted to yeah highlight well, that I, I i now have to go kickstart this because i was sitting here <laughs> asking where my yuri games are at and here's one so i'll have to go yeah. support it so just to make yeah. sure this is a game that is being developed it's not being localized it's still being made yes huh Yes, so this is a Kickstarter to to develop the game. I haven't read the whole thing, so I think they have a demo here. So it's already been started, or maybe they don't. I'm just scrolling through. Not sure, <laughs> but it's it's going to be on on PC, I believe, only huh. unfortunately. And it's but, only it looks like it's only ten dollars for the full game. So yeah, so you can back it and probably get that cheaper than than you would get it usually what they do is they kind of they give kickstarter backers a discounted version and then when the full game comes out it might be 15 dollars or something like that but yeah yeah so so that's cool. great <laughs> and i guess it's me again i just threw in a bunch of, of games that <laughs> it's I thought your were fault relevant. for trying it <laughs> uh, i know i tried too hard this time <laughs> Well, uh, just a a random announcement on, I think, the latest Nintendo Direct. Um, They're going to be, I think it's Atlas. Oh, geez. I'm not sure. Atlas or Axis. One of them is localizing the Attack on Titan 3DS game. It's called Attack on Titan Humanity and Chains. And it's developed by Spike Chunsoft, but I've heard that it's not very good, so, <laughs> so I'm not sure, unfortunately. Um, but that's coming out in May, so I mean, it'll be soon by the time you hear this. And to tie in with the release, they put the first two episodes of the Attack on Titan anime in the 3DS eShop, which oh. I think is hilarious because that's a really dark anime. Yeah. <laughs> and like for Nintendo to be like, oh, hey, guys, Attack <laughs> on Titan is just very weird. Someone slipped that yeah. by Nintendo of America. <laughs> uh, some, some kid's mother gets eaten in the first episode. I don't think that's a big spoiler. But yeah, it's not, it's not a usual Nintendo type of thing. <laughs> But yeah, so that that that's yeah, cool. I, I have, that tying I, in. I haven't heard good things about it either. Yeah, but unfortunately, but, you know, it's kind of one of those tie-in games. Yeah. So, I guess I'll continue on yep. to the next one. We've also got Lord of Magna Made in Heaven, which is a very how is made pun- spelled punny made m-a-i-d in mm. heaven <laughs> and this is the the game we discussed a few episodes ago by the um rune factory team they sort of got dissolved and a few members of that team worked on this game for the 3ds and i've already forgotten what kind of game it is <laughs> like, uh, like a strategy does anyone RPG remember kind of yeah I'm, but it must have like some that. some like visual novel-esque or like adventure i i think it's what it isn't like a harem game basically yeah that's what i kind of categorize it as but that's why they got the maid in there there are a lot of girls in it 
I actually thought that was a very weird. I've been thinking about it lately. The subtitle, thinking in the U.S. or in Europe, is is that going to resonate with people? I I just didn't even understand. Well, see, it's it's funny because I believe um, isn't the Japanese subtitle like "Maiden Heaven," like like a younger like a maiden, like M A I D E N. It is in this one too, though, isn't it? Isn't it in English? No, no. This is made oh. in. Are you sure? Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just looked it up this morning. <laughs> oh. Yeah, M A I D no. and then I N. No, for hang the on. Version. Hang on, Anne. You're wrong. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at the cover art right now. No. M A I D E N heaven. Yeah. Oh. Darn. I like. I think my, I, I think I, my I like title is better. better but. <laughs> uh, next time, I'm not doing anything for this no. podcast. You can do it all yourself. No. <laughs> wow. So, but, I guess I made that one up. But I still think it's. Str- I don't. I don't know. Like, I'm just surprised <laughs> it isn't Lord of Magna or however you pronounce the second word. Um, I don't know. I just and I I have the damn thing pre-ordered, but I I'm just wonder like who the hell's buying this thinking, yeah, that subtitle featuring maidens. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being strange. Well, you bought it. But not be- because <laughs> I was going to say I was aware what, So of its... what attracted you to this game? I like Okay, so well, unsurprisingly, I like how it looks. That said, I like how screenshots look. But every time I watch a video of it, I swear something's wrong with my internet connection. And I'm like, why is it so, why is the animation so stilted? And I don't think anyone has explained that. I think it just has really wonky animation, which I'm, so I, I've had it pre-ordered since the day we could pre-order it. But every like other day I go to Amazon, I'm like, I think I should cancel. But I haven't forced myself to do it yet because I've heard it's not so great, but are you are uh, are you a closet heterosexual, Brian? Is that what's going on? No, here? but it's so cute. Haven't are you, you wanting, seen like, all these, uh, are you wanting these? Are you wanting to pick your wife? Is that what you're wanting to do? <laughs> no. Hey, if it's if it's appealing or you know, the, to me, this is just cute and kind of pastel. I mean, come on, that's like you like you like you like, you like the twin tails, don't you? That's what you like is the 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 two little ponytails. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So neither one of you are interested in this game no, yourselves? Or? Not at all. <laughs> no. Oh. Not in the least. Oh. Well, I'm going to take one for the team I then. Th- I'm going to get it. It, it. You know, I think the art style in-game, the in-game graphics is really cute. So yeah. it's appealing from that aspect. But then when I'm looking at screenshots and they've got portraits of all the waifus, that's when it turns me off. <laughs> yeah. You know, just put a couple more male characters in and I'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you te- you have to tell us how it is, Brian. I'll put it. <laughs> I think in, I, it's going to be in the same pile as like uh, hometown story <laughs> and all of those crappy <laughs> games that I shouldn't have bought. <laughs> that I, I believe somebody told you not to. I know. Oh, no wait, no, no wait. Harvest Moon. Are we talking about Harvest Moon today? By the way, <laughs> no. Yeah, you know what? We're, I'm going to talk about Story of Seasons today because at some point, I don't think we ever got to that. And I think we have to have that discussion, don't Let's we? Let's come back to it next episode. Oh, my gosh. It's never going to happen. <laughs> well, on uh, speaking of waifus, Brian, how about this next game? 
What are there waifus? There's, no, there's no connection <laughs> oh, okay. whatsoever. Uh, the I, trains I, could be, you know, you could have, you know. Yeah, yeah. There, there's people. There's people in Japan who really like their trains. So. True, maybe, maybe there are. Since none of us I'm have gonna, played I'm this game yet, up. it's possible that there could be waifus. Train waifu. Let's see. Um, so I think I'm talking about the only game that's actually out, but I wanted to talk about a train city simulator that I believe hit the 3DS eShop early this month. Um, it hasn't been out for very long, but I don't know. To me, I just think it's cool that this very niche, uh, and from everything I've seen of it, very like deep uh, simulation game that kind of looks like SimCity, um, but obviously I guess it's more focused on trains. See, I'm interested in it. I still don't know anything about it. Um, but it was localized. It's thrown on the eShop. I don't know how much it is, um, but at some thirty point, dollars, oh, 30 I believe. Bucks. So at some point, when mm. I like hack away at at least a third of my backlog, I'm gonna buy it myself and try it, and hopefully get more than like three hours into it. But I don't know. I thought some people here might uh, think it's cool or interesting or. No, I I totally love games like this, but I am in the exact same situation as you. It's like. Oh, oh Lord! When am I going to sit down <laughs> to actually have time to play this? Because you just know, like you just look at you, you just look at it, and you're like, "This is not the game I can spend 15 minutes no. with." Right? You know, it's going to be like two or three hours every time you play, and it's just, ugh. Yeah. So I'm really glad this came over, and I I am really really interested in it. But yeah, it's just trying to figure out when. Like, I, I don't want to get back in this conversation, but. I mean, I, I am at this point now where I have these games where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to lose my job one day, you know, and I'm just going <laughs> to sit here for a month and go back through all the games I didn't play. And that's why I'm building up this 3DS library and this <laughs> PS Vita library and whatever. And it's not going to ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Never happen. And it's funny because even I, I will say that looking at all the screenshots, like right before release and after release actually made me even less willing to buy it at launch because you just look at them and I was and I thought there is no way I have the time in my life to play yep. a game like this cuz I don't I can't even fathom how how you're supposed to understand the game let alone you know it's something you would have to like devote hours to a week and that just isn't happening right now so <coughs> so hopefully someone out there will buy it and t- I tell you what I tell you what Brian what um, <laughs> if you if you play for our stake, if you play Lord of Magna or whatever that stupid game is, <laughs> I'll play A Train. Okay, well, I mean that that works out perfectly for me. That I, I get all the reward in that. But <laughs> <laughs> but I can come back here and tell you whether or not it's worth your, your time. Okay, I'll try my best. I'll let you know. I think I have uh, a couple months to to cancel. Yeah. The other game, but Wait, when did, when did it come out? Which one? Uh, the Lord, Lord of Magna. June, early June, and yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I think for early June. Let's just put it this so, way: I'm so uh, my brain is so screwed up at this point. I'll probably forget that I've even pre-ordered it because this is what has been happening. I actually thought I had canceled my pre-order of Codename Steam, <laughs> and I just came home from work one day and I was like, "Oh shit, it's right there!" I didn't cancel it, but whatever. Now it's you know chucked onto the pile. <laughs> okay, so I haven't told July to play A Train. Okay. Yep. Like maybe 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 like, maybe like a Fourth of July game. I'll, I'll sit down over the weekend and play that. Yes. 
We'll see. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, said, I, I get all the benefit out of that, and you get nothing but playing Lord of Magna. But you know. Hey, it might be a really great game. Oh, it, sure, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is a great game? Mm. You don't. I like wouldn't it? know since I haven't actually played this game, <laughs> but. <laughs> I hear okay, that I, I P4 is a good game. Was that your segue? I hope that was. Or did I take that your was, segue? Nope, that was my segue. Oh, good, good. I was on the ball. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Swery's game D4 that is currently on Xbox One. It's actually a Kinect game, one of the few. Is going to be coming to PC, which I think is great news for a lot of people who are a fan of Swery. He did Deadly Premonition, of course. And... Um, yeah, I don't know how many people were able to play it on, on the Xbox One, so hopefully more people can enjoy it now. And I've heard that it's like an episodic game and that there's the possibility there might not be any more because it didn't do well. So I think yeah. they're maybe trying to get more more people behind it by bringing it to PC. I, I, think, yeah. I think it was just the wrong place at the wrong time. Because I think out of every console you could have, that I would have to argue the least um, welcoming to weird niche Japanese games is probably the Xbox platforms. Mm. I mean, you know, to, to be fair, like 360 after a while, they had the user base whenever. But, you know, I think people just going in day one for Xbox One weren't these kind of players. And so you had Xbox One at launch. It was this weird download-only game. It was pushed for Connect. You know, I mean, it's it's not really Connect only, but it's really focused on playing on Connect. You know, so I think it was just a really, really bad situation for this game. So I really, I do, I do hope that it coming to PC kind of gives it a new life. And I think right lately we've seen you know some games like Valkyria Chronicles and things like that. You know, finding that kind of new life on the PC. So I hope this is what it needs, and I hope it does get get its follow-up versions or, or chapters and stuff like that but yeah it's a shame because i i really like i know swery personally and i think he's a great guy and he's got a lot of interesting ideas but i just think this was not i i kind of feel like from and this is not you know no knowledge on my part just my opinion i feel like from microsoft it was we just want something different to be there at launch mm-hmm. that's also why they kind of um I think had Crimson Dragon, which they probably didn't care at all about that game. It was just, hey, this is something different, mm. so that we have some sort of launch library. So I kind of, I, I kind of wonder if if D four didn't get lost because of that. So I hope this is a chance for it to to be found by the players. Yeah, yeah. And I think our final set of announcements uh, for this big announcer Rama on this this episode is that we are getting three more Sega 3D Classics, which I'm always happy about um, because Sega has just knocked it out of the park with their re-releases of classic games in 3D. They have uh, Japanese developer M2, who are the masters of bringing back old games. They've been the ones handling these. We've gotten a lot of great releases so far. Um, the, The first kind of big wave is just finishing up now here in America as we get... I think the last two are Fantasy Zone 2 and then Thunderblade. But the next set is, is already been announced. And so in July, we're getting what probably has to be the best 
Genesis uh, side-scrolling beam up ever created, which is Streets of Rage 2. <laughs> August, we get the fantastic treasure game, Gunster Heroes. And then September, we get Sonic 2. And the only catch on Sonic 2 that I've seen from people is that as good as M2R and as, as fantastic as their work is in bringing back old games, um, Sonic 2, when it was released on iOS... It was using that engine that really crazy Sonic fan made where he, he went... I don't know if you guys know about this, but he, he no. went... In, yeah, and he made this engine because, like, I don't know if he if it started with the first Sonic or Sonic CD or whatever, but instead of emulating those games, he made this from-scratch engine to completely rebuild those games. Hmm. And so one of the things he could do, for example, was... You know, these games were originally 4.3 for old televisions, but you could either play them 4.3, you could play them completely widescreen, and it wasn't, like, faking it. It was just the actual game in that. And that sounds like a very, very simple thing to do for a game, but it's actually really difficult for old games hmm. to make them wide, proper widescreen. Um, so, yeah, so he built this this engine to completely, from scratch, remake these games. And so Sonic 2 on the on iOS of all places, is, like, one of the best versions of Sonic 2 that exist. So I know that Sonic fans have kind of worried that, well, as neat as this is, it's not going to have everything that version does. Mm. So. But, yeah. So three more Sonic games. Uh, uh, Sega 3D Classics, and hopefully we'll be getting more. Yay. So. Um, do we want to move on to cheerleading? Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, because we're we're already getting a little in time wise. So, mm. well, Anne, that begins with you then. Oh, you're gonna start with me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned earlier, I've been super busy doing translating, so I haven't really had that much time to play anything, believe it or not, um, that I haven't talked about extensively elsewhere. That I don't want to bore everything everybody with again. But I think today. Since we brought up Harvest Moon, I'll talk about Story of Seasons, which is the true Harvest Moon <laughs> game. Don't get confused. It's not that weird thing that, that Natsume made that I believe Brian talked about a couple... <laughs> maybe it was last episode oh, you were talking please. about it. The, the Lost Valley, I think it was called. Um, <laughs> Story of Seasons is exceed... Um, localizing the actual Bokujo Monogatari game um, from Japanese into English. So that's the latest title for the 3DS. And I'm not sure how positive I'm going to be about this. I've been playing a couple of hours Uh of it, and it's definitely a Harvest Moon game, but I don't know if I'm, like, kind of over it or Mm. if just the beginning's really bad i talked to a few friends who have been playing it as well and they agree that the tutorial is awful it takes you about an hour before you can even do anything on your own and they just make you you know do all these things that if you know anything about harvest moon you already know how to do it's like okay now we're gonna teach you how to water your plants and uh, there's no way to opt out of it or to skip it or it's just it's just really brutal. <laughs> so it kind of turned me off to the whole thing at the beginning where they really take you through basically a whole week. You're staying with this grandmother who's teaching you the ropes of farming and can't do anything. And it took me about an hour to do that. But then when you finally get your house, it opens up and you can do whatever you want. But I'm finding that 
I'll like spend an hour or two doing like the farm maintenance that you do in the Harvest Moon games, and then I'm running out of stamina, and I have the whole day, but I don't know what to do with uh, myself. Yeah. And and I talk to friends that are really into Harvest Moon, and they're saying, oh, well, you know, if you want to woo the, the guy to be your husband, you gotta like give him presents, and why don't you go gather stuff, because you can expand your house and make all this furniture and you can totally do whatever kind of customization you want to your farm now. So you can like decide, oh, you know, I'm going to have this bright pink, hot pink fence around my farm. And so you can make all these things. But to make that, it seems like all you do is gather stones and twigs off the ground all the time. And I'm like totally not into (laughs) just gathering for hours on end. So I'm finding that... What I'll do is I'll, you know, do the maintenance in the morning and then I'll just have my character go to bed at about one in the afternoon and yep. <laughs> just finish the day. <laughs> yep. And yeah, so I'm not really feeling it. And I don't know if that's maybe I'm kind of sick of the Harvest Moon formula because, it, you know, this game was received quite well because it has all of this added customization now, but I just don't have the the drive to go and gather things all the time. I, I, I think, don't know. You know, um, and obviously I know that at some point games still have to be games or else people will get bored of them very quickly. But I think this is a complaint you can also kind of level against, um, uh, you know, the Harvest Moon Lost Valley is that there's like just it's, it, it feels sometimes like there's this super big push to just make it almost so hard for people to play these games. You know, like like you don't get enough stamina or you don't have enough time in your day. Like, God, Lost Valley is so bad about <laughs> you not having nearly enough time in your day to do everything you need to do before it gets dark. Um, and when I play a game like Harvest Moon, you know, you know what I want to do? I want to just sit down and relax with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to just have fun playing. And I almost kind of, you know, in a weird way, like... It's, it's almost where I kind of think games like Minecraft understand, you know, where you can have that setting where you're like, you know what? I don't want to worry about bad guys. I want to just build fun stuff, you know, and let me just have fun doing that. And I almost kind of wish these games would just be like, you know, have the progression there, like have me still have to, you know, woo the, the men or women of town and and I go along and, okay, now I have cows and now I have chickens and that opens up and this and I get a barn finally. But for the basic stuff, like, just let me play, you know? Like, just let me do the stuff I want to do and, and let me have enough time in the day where I can get everything done and let me have enough stamina where I don't have to worry about whether I can pick all my crops and stuff. Like, just, yeah, like, I, just let me enjoy it. I feel like I don't see why they need the stamina. I guess they're worried that you could get everything done so fast, but if you still have the day-night cycle where you have to go to bed to kind of progress time, it's not like you can water all your crops and then they're going to grow and then you can pick them and sell them all in one day. You could still have, you know, full stamina or no stamina all the time and do what you want to do and go to bed when you feel like it and the next day your crops will be ready to pick (laughs) and then you pick them or... Yeah, it's just that stamina is really bothering me. <laughs> so it's been not so fun. It's kind of just a grind. Because yeah, I know, I know, like, I mean, like at this point, it's been so long. I don't remember what we talked about, about Lost Valley. But <laughs> I know, Brian, if you got anywhere in that game, you know, you know how much <laughs> running around you have uh, to do. Although that's not even the worst of it. But don't even yeah. get me started. 
Yes. <laughs> and, and and like and it got it gets to and not to get off on, on story of seasons, but you know, that game's like it gets to a point where you're like, Okay, do I just maybe dig out a few rocks today because I need rocks or do I worry about my crops? You know, like mm. that shouldn't be the game and yeah. and story of seasons should be the same way. Like it it shouldn't I don't know, like I just don't I don't get developers sometimes when they do things like this. And it almost feels to me, you know, like creators sometimes aren't even playing their own game. I was just going to say the same thing. You know, like, 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 are they having fun with the way this game is? <laughs> right. That's what I thought about um, The Lost Valley, where I just thought, did someone at the company actually play this game for more than an hour? And right. did they actually enjoy it? And if so, I want to meet them because I don't... <laughs> I mean, and play, I have put a lot of hours into that stupid game. Um, and I just... It, it, I don't understand how you could put out a game like that or it sounds like this one maybe or, you know, hometown story, whatever. And And someone thought, yeah, this is exactly what I was hoping to experience when I played this game. I don't know. <clears throat> but, you know, I... And... This is me going on a limb. So this is just me alone saying it. So don't put on Anne and Brian. Um, you know, when we talk about cultural differences, I do sometimes feel like Japanese players, maybe more than Western players sometimes, love that kind of super hardcore time management stuff. Mm. Like maybe they really enjoy that huge amount of pressure to get everything done. I don't know. Hmm. Because I just feel, I feel like you see this kind of more in Japanese games. Um. Which then is weird because, you know, Lost Valley was so, like, American-focused hmm. and American, you know, Western player-focused. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I just, like I said, I if I'm playing a game like this, I just want to sit down and have fun and enjoy it and yeah. not feel so much pressure. You know, if I'm going to feel that pressure, I'll go play, like, a strategy game, you know, or a puzzle game or something. I don't know. Well, and, I, to, okay, so I don't know if these are really connected because literally my only... Uh, Harvest Moon experience is with the Lost Valley, which I know is a terrible example. But thinking about what I wanted from it and what I've always thought about from the Harvest Moon series, um, I think about games like Animal Crossing, where to me, even though it's not exactly the same, I like, I go into that game and I don't feel like, oh my God, the clock's ticking. I yep. have to, you know, I just do what the hell I want and I have fun mm-hmm. and I go fishing and I go plant some flowers and it, it doesn't feel like there's this pressure to get things done in an arbitrary timeline. I don't, I don't know why these companies are putting that on people because it just doesn't seem, it seems like it takes all the fun away from it for me. But anyway. Yeah. Well, so Anne, of, of, of the recent Harvest Moon games, which ones have you played? Let's see. I played a bit of A New Beginning and maybe that's it. Because I was going to ask about that <laughs> one because I, I mean, I, I've heard like that's one of the most popular ones on 3DS. Hmm. Yeah, well, the only other one they had on 3DS is uh, Two Towns, right. which was also on DS, and I mm. think there were some problems with that. There was some kind of game-breaking thing going on with it. Hmm. So, yeah, as I said, from what I've heard, a lot of people are saying that they like Story of Seasons more than A New Beginning because of all these customization options and there are things to make it more convenient like you can water crops much more quickly and stuff but it's like I never thought that the speed of watering my crops was the issue you know (laughs) it's the day that's the issue and um yeah I I played 
I played a Harvest Moon game on the Game Boy Advance, so I'm not sure which one it was now. I can't remember, but it was one of the very, very early ones. And I didn't feel like I had that same problem when I played that. Like, I, I really felt like I could enjoy my time more in that game, even though I had stamina and even though there was a day. Same thing with the, the Wii one, that I also can't remember the name. There are too many of them. I yeah, played a there, few there, of them, like though. There's like 28 Harvest Moon games. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's not like I don't, I don't play Harvest Moon games and I don't enjoy it. I just feel like for some reason, <laughs> either it's my personal mindset, maybe it's because I don't have a lot of time right now. And so when I'm playing it, I'm just like, what? why is my stamina so low? What am I going to bed at one in the afternoon? What is this crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it just feels a lot more frustrating. And I'm not sure if it's the game's fault or if it's just... I've outgrown that style because I don't, aside from the horrible tutorial that took forever, I don't think it's too much different than the old ones in terms of that stamina day, night cycle and all of that. Well, the problem, the problem with Harvest Moon has always been it's just almost feels like random when you're going to get a good Harvest Moon game and when it's going to be a bad one. Like there just mm. seems to be no consistency and just the quality varies so much because i know um there was friends of mineral town was one of the game boy advanced ones which yeah, is, that might have been the one i played. yeah is beloved by people and i know gamecube had both magical melody and then i don't know if wonderful life was i don't think wonderful life was the good one i think magical melody was and i think another one was um but you, you really, I mean, because there, there really is like 28 different Harvest Moon games at this point. So you have to actually sit down and study for like an hour, you know, like which which games to even look at getting. Mm. It's so mm. hard to know like which Harvest Moon to jump into. Um, and it seems to just vary so much game to game to game, like what the game's going to be like. I don't know why. <clears throat> so... Yeah, it's a shame. And maybe other people will like it more than me. <laughs> I have to spend some more time with it. I've never actually gotten a husband in a Harvest Moon game. I've never played them long enough. So my goal is to get a Harvest Moon husband. And <laughs> <laughs> see how that is. Though I was reading some guides and it was a bit depressing because it's like, well, if you like this guy, you better start giving him his favorite thing from day one. And it's like, so-and-so likes fish give him a fish every day and it's like well i'm already you know so many months in and i haven't been giving him fish what do i do now it's it's like <laughs> real life real life relationships <laughs> you have to have an faq to know how to get through them <laughs> yeah again again like that again these games should be set up where you know what i can just take my time and play it and if i decide suddenly that's the husband or wife i want you know then the game should allow me at that point to to have the path to do that not have like I mean, seriously why is the game on Carvest Moon having so much preset RPG-ness to it you know but do they have an end date like I don't I'm not even far enough in to, to know like do they want me to finish in three years or something or can you I thought you could some of them you could keep going some, forever yeah, some, some have an end date and some don't and at this point I, I cannot keep track of which one's which <laughs> but I feel like the original one did have like I think you had like two years or something like that two or three years huh. maybe huh okay so. I, I, I'm not sure about this one so yeah so 
Well, there you hey, go. Well, yeah, that's it from me. Uh, sorry, that wasn't much of cheerleading. No, but. it's a good thing to know because I mean, like, I I have been, I have a copy here, and so I've kind of been wondering what to do with it. You know, if I really want to jump into it or not, and so, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? A year ago at E three, I saw the new Harvest Moon, saw the Story of Seasons. I was so excited, and now I'm just. They both kind of mm. seems like they both broke my heart. But I haven't played Story Seasons yet, to be fair. So, <laughs> Brian. Yes, and actually, it's funny. I had a similar situation to Anne in that the games that I was considering cheerleading, I've talked about quite a bit on my blog, and I just feel like people are probably bored with it. However, that said, I need to bring up, because I feel like I didn't bring the... I think one game that you mentioned on here a long time ago I played for the DS, which was Pop Cutie, and I liked that, and I mentioned that here. And then so I've been going through this little series on my blog where I play through every DS game I have just try to because I have so many that I haven't played so I thought I would play through my backlog and one of them is My World My Way oh yes so and the funny thing is so I okay I wasn't originally going to cheerlead this but now I'm going this is what I'm going to focus on Um, it's an interesting game in that there are various aspects of it that I I feel like I shouldn't like because it's very repetitive actually I should go back it's a game it's an RPG it was localized by Atlas. It wasn't originally released by Atlas in Japan, but it's an RPG uh, starring kind of a spoiled princess who <laughs> um, I think it's like a, a, a an adventure comes to a party that she holds and uh, she falls in love with him and he won't give her the time of day because she's just yeah. this spoiled princess. So she decides, I'm going to become an adventurous myself and show him and he's going to love me. <laughs> and so she starts on this RPG and in a way, it's a very, very repetitive game because you kind of go to a town and every town has, you know, an inn and a, and a shop for weapons and an item shop and a mayor who asks you, like, go kill five salamanders. And you go into the overworld, which is like, you know, 15 tiles, and you kind of walk around and you kill things and you kill the five salamanders, and then you move on to the next town, and it's basically the same thing over and over. And even most of the time, the mayors and the shop owners look alike. But for some, you know, like, the writers do a really good job of kind of making it an in-joke, like, hey, haven't I seen you before? And no, I, you know, <laughs> no, you're thinking of someone else. And yeah, um, I don't know, the characterizations are so cute. And then I just kind of like the gameplay for some, I like this overly simplistic, like, I don't have to trudge around in an overworld for an hour. I can just, you know, go around these 25 little squares. And I like the whole pouting mechanism, which I didn't mention, but um, <laughs> there's a pouting mechanism. She can, like, the princess can pout to change the land from like a desert into a forest or you know and some of them are completely fabulous like you know (laughs) islands with whales jumping in the background and i don't know so i'm like 10 hours in and i can't it's one of the few games that i keep coming back to just because there's something really appealing about it but i also am kind of wary of recommending it to other people because i think some other people are going to play it and think what the hell is he talking about it's you know repetitive and boring but, but you know i mean games can be like that i mean that's fine i, I think sometimes 
you know, if a game has a really fun twist or a unique hook or things like that, then like it's it's easier to forgive them for being repetitive because they're just doing they're doing fun things and they're doing something a little bit different. And I mean, you, you know, at the end of the day, like the pout mechanism, okay, it's really just you know some sort of like just player choice option. Yeah. It's, it's you know what it is, but it's just the way it's presented in the game and the way it's used. It's just such a fun little element, you yeah. know, and and. I don't know, like, I really liked the character when I played it. And, I mean, you know, you're, not, you're supposed to, like, not totally like her, but like her in a way at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's okay sometimes if games are repetitive as long as they, they have those, you know, those hooks to them. Yeah. And I don't know if you've thought of this, but I didn't know until, you know, I fell in love with the game and I've been doing a little research on it. I didn't realize that there was kind of an updated... PSP version released yep. in Japan, and so now every day I have to stop myself. I'm, I, I am going to buy it soon, but I haven't <laughs> bought it yet because I'm like, I'm like, oh, I want to play through it on the PSP, and they allow you to play as like an alternate version of the princess. And so you know, you like a game when you're willing to buy it a second time, you know, for a different system. But yeah, that's my cheerleading. I am surprisingly, so far, you're two for two with the. <laughs> the the DS, random DS, D, uh, DS recommendations. Yeah. And the Japanese name, like, I always like Japanese name because the Japanese name is literally uh, The World Revolves Around Me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like an equally little fun way. And it has a really cute, name. like, logo, too, I think, where one of the symbols is made to look like like someone sticking out their tongue and winking, or I can't remember, but it's, it's yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. So... That's my. I, I like I like spoiled princesses for some reason. I don't know <laughs> why. Because uh, was it Atelier? <sighs> okay, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Isn't Maruru the princess? Yes, Maruru. Yes. I know oh. too much about this. <laughs> there's there's uh, there's too many names now. She's a spoiled princess too. Yeah, she's oh. a princess, and and she kind of has not to this level, but she kind of has some of the those princess powers <laughs> where she can kind of like demand parts of her, her land to change and stuff I think huh. in different in, in, in kind of more Atelier ways huh. but, yeah we didn't mention that too I, I well I guess I don't know D- did was Shali announced by the time we did the last podcast maybe it was it's, it's out it's out that's right yeah I'm playing it actually but I haven't played enough to really talk about it hmm. I need to get to that too. There's so many games I need to get to. <laughs> um, you know, Madu. Uh, so, are you done with your cheerleading? I'm sorry. I, I am. I am. Okay. I'm gonna do a totally shameless plug here, because um, <laughs> I started doing a thing on YouTube where I'm playing through the first hour of Japanese games I've never played before hmm. in English and games when they come out in English. Um, but I did start a a a noodle YouTube series and I want to get the let's see morning. so if you go to youtube.com slash morning project so the first two I have up are I did one for criminal girls which was interesting <laughs> uh, and then Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters oh. and I just recorded one for the upcoming Operation Abyss New Tokyo something legend it's a, a 3D dungeon crawler by the same people who did um, oh God, my my brain tonight. Oh, they did another dungeon crawler for Vita recently. 
Demon Gaze? Demon Gaze, thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, same team. Um, so, like, I've been... I, the, so the problem is, like, I, I was considering whether to talk about these games or not because I'm only playing the first hour of them and then kind of coming to judgment. So I didn't want to talk about those because I haven't played too much of them. But I am doing these, these, these YouTube videos. And so the third one should be up soon. And, and I've got a bunch of other games in my backlog. And the reason I remembered that was because... Um, Atelier Chalet is one of the games I want to do for that. Because hmm. I really like, and ugh, I hate Anne because, like, <laughs> I was thinking about doing the Atelier name on Twitter recently, and then I saw she did that. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, if I do that now, I'm going to look at the copy, copycat of her. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. I might have to still do it, but. Um, you can still do it. We You'll- can all do it, and then we'll be like the cool crowd. It'll be the <laughs> cool thing to do. But see, like, your name works, and my new name works for an Atelier name, but I don't know about Atelier Brian. Well, that just sounds, that just, it has to, like, has to, like, have a rhyming, or has to be a cutesiness. But Atelier Ohala. <laughs> How about Brianna? You know, with an A. See, I've always hated that name. I'm sorry if anyone listening to this is named Brianna. It's not my favorite name. Um, I don't know. We can come up with another one. Of course, then yeah, I... you need, yeah, you need like a more Octavia name. Bright, bright, bright. I'm like bright Ruru. Or something. <laughs> I should say, I should say, it wasn't my idea. Somebody called me that, and I thought it was really cute. So whoever it was, they're probably listening. So. That, that, that's something <laughs> so like, thank like, you for. I, I mean, to be fair, like the <laughs> the naming rules at this point aren't that way, but. In the early days, it was like Atelier Muddy and mm-hmm. Atelier, you know, like sh- uh, those kind of things. Now it's Atelier Shabby, so it's kind of like these these E names, but you don't really have to have that. Mm-hmm. So you know what we'll do? Like, have to find the big list of Atelier game names and find something that Brian can fit into there. Okay. It'll be my alter ego. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, and then, like, we need new cover art that is, like, us, like, a Atelier game. <laughs> That's what we need. So I'm gonna make my game. So I had two choices today for my for my for my cheerleading game. Um, the first choice was Mortal Kombat X, which I didn't think would fit in with this podcast. Mm. So the only other choice I had, considering what I've been playing recently that I can talk about, is Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. So this, of course, was one of the three Operation Rainfall games. Those were the RPGs for the Wii. That people desperately begged Nintendo to bring over here because Nintendo had forgotten that the Wii existed and that they had to release games for it. Uh, so that it was it was that and Pandora's Tower, and then oh, what's what's the last one? Somebody. The last story. Last yes. story. Yes. Um, so it came out on, on on the Wii, but the problem was it was a GameStop exclusive, and it wasn't out for very long. So it was. It was on a platform that it was came out late in the life of the Wii, so it was on a platform that in the West was kind of going away when it came to hardcore players, and it was a GameStop exclusive, and it wasn't around for that long, so it was, like, it was kind of a hard game to maybe get into for a lot of, for a lot of people. So when Nintendo announced that they were going to do this new 3DS thing, they announced that the first game that would be only playable with the new 3DS would be Xenoblade Chronicles 3D, a 3DS port of that Wii RPG. Um, 
Did either of you play this game when it was on the Wii? Yes. Oh, no. I own it, but I haven't played it. <laughs> uh, what did you think of it, Brian? Um, I really, really liked like the open nature of it. I thought hmm. it was really, even though kind of like strangely low poly for the time, it was really pretty and I loved running around and the open nature of it. I didn't I think the reason I stopped is I really the the gameplay is not my the fighting gameplay kind of like automatic. As soon as you get close to someone, you start swinging. I, it didn't do it for me, and I, I for some reason that turned me off to the point that I stopped playing. And that's what I was curious about because this um, it reminds me in many ways to Final Fantasy twelve because mm. Final Fantasy twelve was this game that came out where almost felt like they were trying to take in a traditional Japanese RPG and merge it with an MMORPG. And that game had kind of mixed mixed opinions because one of the things about it was, you know, your your AI partners, you kind of set up what their AI routines would be, and then they would just fight for themselves for the most part. Um, so Xenoblade Chronicles was kind of the same way, and what you're saying, Brian, is... You know, battles did feel very automatic in a lot of ways. And it, again, was a very MMORPG-esque experience. And so it kind of seemed to really be hit and miss with people. Because, you know, it was trying something that I think still wasn't wasn't really all that common in Japanese RPGs. You know, that, that kind of mixture of those two worlds. But I had I really I really liked it. Like I thought that was interesting and, and as somebody who had kind of gotten to be a bit bored of Japanese RPGs overall, like that really refreshed things for me and, and that made me um get into it I think more than I would have normally. Mm. You know, but I really didn't enjoy playing it on, on the Wii and this is gonna sound bizarre when I say this, but I didn't enjoy it so much on the Wii because you know, I'm sitting here playing the game on a HD TV, but of course it's not an HD. But now I strangely enjoy it more when it's even lower resolution <laughs> on the 3DS. Huh. Which I, I which I do mentally understand that how weird that is, you know. And you do kind of lose some of it when when you go to the 3DS because I mean that screen is not only small, but it's very, very low resolution. So you you do lose some of the prettiness and some of the kind of epicness of these these open world areas that were in the Wii game, but it does really work well on mm. the on the new 3DS. And I think this is probably again like it's it's weird because there's catches again to people playing this game, right? Because you have to have a new 3DS, like you can't play otherwise. So I don't think it's gonna. This game's just doomed to never have like a, a large market segment to to be sold to. But I don't know that I would say this is a reason to get a new 3DS, but if you have one, this is a really cool game. Hmm. And I for the most part found myself really enjoying it as a portable game. Um not not perfect in that regard. There, there were times when I did, did think kind of the, the Wii version might be the better choice, but I don't know. Like I, I, I like the mix of the kind of different genres of RPGs. The, the characters were, were interesting enough. I adore the strange British 
voice <laughs> acting to it all. Because um, it it's, it's, it's something different than I'm used to. And, you know, and I think if you play games um, that are brought over from Japan, after a while you start hearing the exact same voice actor over yeah. and over and over and over and over again. Like, Atlas, I love you, but I hear those same characters over and over, you know. Uh, at this point, I just, I know, okay, oh, that was Chie, oh, that was Yukiko, oh, that's, you know, that's this person or that person. Um, I guess Kanji's never coming back, because Troy Baker's too too gigantic of a person now. But so, you know, like, yeah, I, I like the voice acting, uh, I like the combat system. I don't know, it's it's a fun little game, and, and again, definitely you aren't going to buy a new 3DS just for this game. But if you are somebody who ended up picking one up, this is this is neat, and mm. it definitely is doing stuff that the main 3DS could never have done. Is this a game in your experience? I'm gonna guess it looks better in motion than it does in screenshots. Yeah, because that was one thing yeah, I was a little worried about in seeing the screenshots. Pretty. You're like, mm. yeah, but like I said, the, and the problem is, you know what? At the end of the day, it still is the the 3DS, and it still is only 240. P technically, you know, in terms of resolution, so it it looks pretty rough. It does, hmm. uh, but I don't know. Like it works, and and like I think the the biggest surprise to me was the fact that the frame rate stays as stable as it does for as much of the game as it does. Hmm. You know, like I, I I do think you can tell that the new 3ds has more powerful hardware because I just do not think the previous version could have pushed this game. But, yeah, I don't know. So I said, I, I think that if you're somebody who is curious about it, then this isn't the perfect way to play it, but it is a totally fine way. And there will be times when you kind of prefer it on the portable a little bit more, and there will be times when you kind of prefer it on the Wii a little bit more. But if you only know the 3DS version, you won't. You, you don't, like, the, I think my concern was, is this going to feel like a really dumbed-down version of this game just to get on a 3DS? And it doesn't. Hmm. So you you won't be sitting here like, I'm missing out on something, which is which is really good. So, so yeah. So is Xenoboid X another reason for you to get a Wii U then? Nope. Not at all. Oh, <laughs> why not? I, I don't like giant robots in my RPGs and I know there's giant robots in Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> but I think there's too many giant robots from what I've seen in, in Xenoblade X like I just I don't know like I don't want giant robots anywhere near this game these games and, but it looks like crazy it does I don't know maybe it, it's that's like the those games where like if I get if I get one then I'll no doubt play it at some point but it's not a reason for me to get one. Alright. So, and then... What? Fireblade Cross... Shimigami Tensei? That's never coming out, so... <laughs> we just saw more of it. Well... Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's right. No, it's coming out, but it's not what I cared about. Oh. It's some weird... <laughs> yeah, what was that? It, that's right. Um, it was some really just bizarre kind of... I don't know. I don't know what to think about that game, so... I thought it looked cool, but then again, you know, I, I feel like I haven't seen enough of it to really make an opinion yet. Yep. Um, so, yeah, wow, I think we're, what, like, two hours, maybe? Maybe nearing two hours? 
Because no. we we uh, had to stop for a second and restart. And we're at an hour and forty now. Uh, I don't I don't think we're gonna need to do stuff in the mall, are we? Because we're gonna think of a new game. No. <laughs> Not yes. yet. Somebody should go back through our previous episodes and tally up the points and see if we won. <laughs> yeah, really. I said somebody because I'm too lazy to do that. <laughs> so. um, let me ask you. So as our final part of this, this podcast before we finish, uh, what's the nichiest game you're most looking forward to right now? Do either of you have an answer for that? A, a game that is yet to come out? Yep. Um, and do you have an, any ideas? Yet? You know what? And I, I, what I can do real quick while you guys are thinking, I can list some of the games that are coming out. Sure. So we have... You know what? I'll, do, this, I'll kind of do this is like so people know what's coming out. Um, so in May, we have Devil Survivor 2. We have Hyperdimension Neptunia U. We have Lord of Magna. Uh, which I think is, is still listed as being May. Is that not May? Well, I saw it was. Did it get June, bumped? But I could have made up June just like <laughs> I made up the new title. So. Yeah. Um, Hatsune Miku Project Mirai. Mm. Attack on Titan, Humanity and Chains. And then in June, we have Operation Abyss, New Tokyo Legacy. Uh, September, we have that crazy game, AU Senki, The World Conquest, where you have. Um, was it like waifu uh, Thomas Jefferson and waifu Attila Hun and stuff like that? Onechan bought a Z2 Chaos, if you like killing zombies with the uh, bikini cowgirls. Etrian Odyssey 2 Untold, the Fafnir Knight that is coming out in September. Um, Lost Dimension, Dungeon Travelers 2, the Royal Library, and the Monster Seal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, still in September, we have X-Blaze, Lost Memories, One Piece, Pirate Warriors 3, here's a game I know you two love, Senran Kagura 2, Deep Crimson, <laughs> November brings us just Gaia 5, Alliance of Vengeance, oh, this is, this is, oh, did we talk <laughs> about this? I don't know, uh, Rody the Sky Soldier. Mm. Oh, no, we didn't. The fact that we're getting the Wii game. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's like that's okay. That's one of those games like we talked about earlier where I might just buy it to buy it. Yeah, I'm probably gonna do that. <laughs> so that's definitely exciting. Yeah. Um, and then Danganronpa another episode is is November. Oh. Sometime this year we're hoping for Persona Five, Summon Night Five, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Four. Fiddle Frame 5, we're finally getting uh, PS3 and Vita Steinsgate. Mm. Fighting game J-Stars Victory VS Plus is coming over. I am hoping, and this is a game that Anne has to play more of and report back to me about, um, I am hoping we get an announcement for Style Savvy 3. Yeah. Coming out over here this year. So I'm fingers crossed for E3. Cost of Heroes 3, the PS, that means the PC version of Corpse Party. Persona 4 Dancing All Night, Dragon Quest Heroes, Yakuza 5, Yokai Watch just got announced. That's 2006. Yeah. 2006? 16. Oh, sorry, 2016. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> they're going back in time and releasing 2006 <laughs> before the 3ds is even released so that once the 3ds comes out you have that yeah. toy. so out of all those what do you guys what's what do you well, most we also have um, amnesia memories is august yes which i need sure. to i need to actually add to my list and code realize we don't i don't think we know they said this year fall or something I think that will be, you know, the problem is I've gotten to the point where I import all of these games and then they're announced and I have them all already. So how excited can you get when you've got a copy sitting on your shelf already? So probably Code Realize because I haven't played that and I literally just bought a copy last month and I'm really interested in that one. So, well, of you the know, Otome games, that's my most anticipated, I'd say. Maybe you should stop being a language trader, and maybe you should actually support English <laughs> releases of games. Yeah, I didn't say I didn't rebuy them. <laughs> that's the problem. I should be more careful about what I'm buying in Japanese, so I don't have to buy it twice. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, at the time, you could have... You can be uh, forgiven for not believing that there would be coming... To the states, I would right. say. You know, yeah, with, with those games, yeah. it is kind of understandable. Yeah. I don't know. For so. me, I would say one. I already have this pre-ordered. I'm not going to cancel it. Um, uh, Hatsune Miku for 3DS. I'm very much yeah. looking forward to playing that. Also, a Japanese game, obviously that you didn't mention, but I'm very excited about uh, the new Rith- uh, Rhythm Tengoku. Oh uh, yeah. That one's pre-ordered. Because I just I do not trust that. I'm it's so going to mad be about that. I'm so mad about that. About which part? Just because, like I, <laughs> like I, my thing was always owning both copies, mm. because, like especially with the DS version, right? Um, they actually localized some of the songs. They really, really did good jobs on with the localization. Yeah. And then a few of them were just god awful. <laughs> so I loved having like both versions of of gold. But now it's like because I can't play import games on my 3DS, oh. like I would have to have an entirely separate 3DS just for Rhythm Heaven. But that would be worth it. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, let's say I have always bought the English American versions of the games, but I prefer the Japanese ones. So oh yeah, I, I really do. do not care if it. I mean, I I want it to come out here. But you know if it does, it's going to flop, and then it's going to be sold for $5, and then Nintendo of America is going to say that we hate games that are fun. So, personally, I'm just, like, buying the Japanese version. I don't really care what happens. But I, would, I, would, I would literally own another 3DS, when I already have two, by the way. I would own another 3DS for one game. Well that one game but maybe you'll find other japanese games that are not i I hate playing games in japanese oh because like like my like my conversational japanese is 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 good and i can talk to people and stuff like that my reading sucks Mm. that's why i'm 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 impressed with Anne doing translation stuff because kanji is just the devil's yeah, I, mean, I never said I was good at kanji. Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> Always looking things up. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of you know a lot of people say this, and I think it's true. And and maybe people that don't study languages don't understand how frustrating it is. But like even if you have a very high ability in the language, like 
when you want to play a game for fun, it's still kind of exhausting to play it in your second language. You yeah, know? Every it is. Time. So that's why a lot of times I'll import these games and I don't get so far in them because I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to pick up a game and relax and I'm like, ugh. I don't understand this, <laughs> you know, and then it's just frustrating. So, yeah, sometimes you, you would prefer to play the English version. No, that, 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 that's why I don't do it. Yeah, because it's like yeah. I don't – I, you know, I have friends who would just sit there and do like the, the kind of dictionary playthrough, you know? Like mm, what's this word? I don't word, do that at all. Word, yeah. this word, you know? And I'm like, I, don't, I just want to sit down and play this game. Like this game's already taking me like 100 hours. I'm not going to you know, <laughs> spend 500 on it because I'm translating everything the entire time. So, Yeah. <laughs> But style savvy, I mean, Girls Mode 3, I should be all right <laughs> with that, that so one. Much. So. I want yeah. that so much. See, there's two games now. Yeah. If they don't But no, that, 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 I, that I have some faith is going to come to America. Like I said, I, I mean, if, if we don't get an announcement from E3, then I'll start getting worried about yeah. how long it's going to take. But my, okay, this is, this, is my, this is my dream situation right here. Absolute dream situation. They're going to announce... Style Savvy 3, right, at E3. And then between when the announcement and and then when it comes out, let's say it comes out in, like, September, right, they're going to be like, oh, we just remembered that females have small hands. (laughs) So we're going to bundle Style Savvy 3 with the small new 3DS. (laughs) And then I'll, I'll get both together and it'll be a perfect world. And they will release a pink one, right? Or because the <laughs> last, the last styles having to come out brought me my pink and white. Yes, that's true. Three SXL. So, so far we're not doing too bad. It, and then was was the first, the first one wasn't bundled with anything. I don't think so. No. I'm gonna. I'm going to like and hate them if they bring out the smaller new 3ds because I've kind of just given up on the only way I'm going to own one is if I buy a Japanese one. Um, but if they bring it out, I'm going to have to buy it if they bring out one in North America because I want, I would replace probably my, my original 3DS, but I don't know. You you know what would make me buy a Japanese 3DS if they would finally get the 2DS over there and get the pink and white, the awesome pink and white one that Europe got. But see, one thing I like about the smaller three new 3ds is that you can put you could put a pink uh, faceplate on it and make it yeah. mostly. I don't. That's fine with me. But yeah. I see where you're coming from. No, I'm just saying like that would be a reason for me to get a Japanese 3ds. Yeah, I don't think it's they're like going to release that there though, are they? It's really weird. Like I'm I'm shocked. I mean, with all the crazy stuff Japan got, like how did they never get the 2ds? They thought it was too ugly. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Even though it's grown on me, it's not the most, you know, no. appealing design. <sighs> Look at that pink and white. <laughs> oh, you know, we, I'm sorry. There was one last segment of this show before we leave. I forgot it's a brand new segment. This, um, neither my co-host know this segment. Uh, this new segment is called Why I Hate Brian this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he can guess why I hate him this week. I was uh, just thinking about that. We haven't yes. talked about that. He has a certain something that he bought recently that he has no right to own, but, you know, that he does. I do. I finally bought a Vita, and I bought the Japanese pink and white Vita. And I will say, here's the, here is my problem with the Vita. I, lo- I actually really love the system. Um, I am so used to 
owning either um, Nintendo systems that fold up, uh, <laughs> and I can keep pristine, well, mostly, um, screens and such, or I own PSPs that already have scratched screens when I bought them used, so mm. I don't care what happens to them. But mm-hmm. I actually, I feel like I should hold my Vita with gloves in that I need to protect it because it's so pretty and shiny yeah. and I, I, I have a really hard time playing I actually I probably am very uh, you know I have like my pinkies out when I play it because <laughs> I'm just so careful with it but yes I bought one I love it I only have a couple games but <sighs> I know I, I want one too <laughs> and it is a really pretty pink <laughs> so I was uh. so I was Okay, so this is my admittance. So I was gonna get, I had, I had, I had the okay in my household <laughs> to 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 have enough of a birthday gift that I could have swung that Vita, right? Yeah. But then I'm out and we're shopping and we go to this kind of retro boutique, and I don't know if either of you are gonna know what these are or care or anything. But they had like the retro Pan Am bags oh. from like Pan Am Airlines, and they had those there. And I was like, oh, I've wanted those, wanted those for so long, and so I bought a bag instead. So I, I have that now, and so now I can't get a Vita. I saw that on your Twitter feed. I didn't. Yeah, know it. So that that was instead of my Vita. I have that now. Well, then the next time. I know. I have to find some way to build a <laughs> Vita. That's what my, 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 my thought was when I go over there for TGS next time. Maybe see, like, because, I mean, if if you get, like, used hardware in Japan, it's pristine. It yeah. is just perfect. So I was like, okay, maybe I can go over there and maybe somebody will have a used pink and white Vita. I will say, really- playing it, I, I wonder, like, you know, I said I take my 3DS on the bus every morning. I will, there's no way in hell I'm ever <laughs> taking my Vita on the bus. It is staying at home. It is not going to get scratched. <laughs> it's not going to be thrown around in my bag. Yeah, no, that, to be fair, like, I have, um, I have this kind of nice, like, Vita case for, for the original Vita. It's, like, Japanese one that has kind of, like, the felt on the inside oh. and everything. So it like holds it fine, but yeah, I'm I'm the kind of person that I will just throw, because um, I still I still rock in the old school 3ds, you mm-hmm. know, I'll just throw that into my bag and be fine, but I do kind of baby my Vita, <laughs> so, yeah, oh, look at that look at that Vita, it's so pretty, <laughs> I want that so bad. Anyway, I think that's it, right? Yes, now that we hate me. Yeah, now that we hate you. <laughs> well, next shot, to find a new reason to hate you, you know, so, so you know, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, we will try to be back in my mother's so we'll, we'll see how things go. Like I said, we're, we're getting into the stretches of be right before E3, and this is going to be a really tough time for me, but we'll try to do that. If not, then we'll be back right after E3 and maybe talk about some of the kind of nichier announcements from the show. Sound good? Yes. Yeah. Then for Anne and Brian, I am Shidoshi, and this has been the nichiest podcast ever. <laughs>